0: Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kemah, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Amen? All right. We're celebrating the resurrection of Christ, and I know a lot of people refer to it as Easter, but we're not here to celebrate the goddess Easter and Easter eggs and all that kind of stuff. Those are fine, but we're here to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Amen? Let's recite our mission statement. Come on, you know what it is. It is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And you know what our vision is? Come on, you know that too. I'm disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. Listen, through this relationship, God changes our hearts and lives. And then as we yield to Him, He impacts the world around us. And God has got some great plans for us. Amen? So, uh, just continue to go out and live it. (laughs) You guys are fired up today, man. I'm, I'm liking it. Man, I'm liking it. So... So uh, I'm going to be talking about resurrected life or resurrection life this morning. We're we're con- <laughs> oh no, no where's that hat? I'll put it on sideways. Uh, we're continuing in the series Foundations, as most of you know, and uh, I really want to encourage you to be here on Wednesday nights from seven to eight as we're drilling down deeper into these six foundational teachings, and we're going to start in repentance from dead works or sin. This Wednesday. So please, please be here at 7 because these classes are really, really dynamic. and, And I'm just hitting the surface on Sunday mornings, but we're really going deep on Wednesday night, and it will help you in your relationship. The Greek word for foundations means to be grounded, established, made firm, and unwavering. Are you established? Are you founded? Are you unwavering in your relationship with the Lord and, and in your faith? Are you standing strong? Yes. All right. Well, there's one person that's standing strong. All right. That's my wife. That's a, that's a good, that's good. She has to have a lot of faith to be married to me, I think, you know. So anyway, hey, hey stop it now. Okay, so we're, we're going uh, to jump in here to Hebrews 6, verse 1. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become what? Mature. Mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. So we've been talking about these things every week, and uh, I, I kind of jumped ahead last week. I talked about uh, eternal judgment because today was Resurrection Sunday. So I thought, hey, let's just jump ahead, and then we'll come back to resurrection of the dead. Okay, so um, let me just say this: repentance from dead works or sin that's really critical, and and when we talk about, when we have this class on Wednesday, we're really going to, we're going to spend about six weeks drilling down into that, what does that really mean, and then after that, we'll be talking about faith in God, baptisms, we've already talked a little bit about that, you notice that it's plural, it's not singular, it's not baptism, it's baptisms, so Uh, Many of us know about water baptisms, but also there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so we'll we'll talk about those things, because these are foundational things that we need to really know and understand. And I think that as we drill down and we study these things, we find that they may be a little more advanced than what we think they are. So anyway, we want you to continue to drill down and, and be open to what the Lord is doing. We talked about the importance of the impartation of laying on of hands. We talked about last week about eternal judgment with the results of receiving or rejecting Christ. Are we re- have we received Christ? Or are we rejecting him? And what are the consequences of those things? And today I want to talk about resurrection life. Um, let's go to First Corinthians chapter fifteen, fifty-three, because I want to just kind of wrap up from last week where we uh, talked about eternal judgment, and I talked about I uh, talked a little bit about the new bodies that Christians receive when we depart from this life on earth. So, 1 Corinthians 15:53. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. So, let me, let me ask you to consider this. If this was all there was, okay, this life, wouldn't our, our mortal bodies be good enough? I mean, the bodies that are going to just decay and, and return to dust? They would be sufficient, right? But they're not. And so God is giving us, when we leave this earth, he's going to give us another body. Uh, We would not need an immortal body unless we're resurrected and we're going to live forever, right? Okay. So my first point this morning is Christ has power over death. We sang about it today. He rose from the grave. Jesus brings comfort to Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha, uh, that are mourning his death. And let's go to John 11, 23 through 26. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. See, Martha understands something that beyond just the surface, she understands that there's resurrection after this earthly life. And I don't know about you, but I don't spend a lot of time thinking about that. But this is not all there is, guys. And I I talked about that last week. So if you missed last week's sermon, just go back online and watch it. Check it out. Verse 25. Jesus told her, "I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying." So again, uh, I talked about it last week. There um, there are ten words used for uh, forever or eternal life, and they're used over a thousand times. There's there's seven. Old Testament words and three New Testament words. Used over a thousand times in the Bible. So if, if God talks about eternal life and forever a thousand times, I think it's something that we ought to get and we ought to understand. And so here again, Jesus is talking about eternal life and resurrection from death. Verse 26, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha. So, you know, it's a matter of, uh, he he was asking her, do you believe this? Do you believe me? Do you believe the word of God? And so Jesus, we know the story. Jesus goes to the cave where Lazarus has been dead for four days. And, you know, the thing I love about this story too is that Jesus weeps. He has the power to raise him from the dead, and he does, but still Jesus is overcome. And so that tells us that he has uh, he had access to the same emotions and everything that we we have and that we experience. So he, he goes to the the cave and and uh, then he raises him raises him from the dead, and so Jesus demonstrates his power over death here on earth, but he also demonstrated resurrection and life for all of eternity. The The resurrection of Christ is critical to our faith. Eternal life and our relationship with the Lord. If Christ had not been raised from the dead, it would have shown that his death and sacrifice on the cross was not acceptable for the forgiveness for all of our sins. Our faith would be useless. It would be no different from any other religion. Christianity is grace-based. And I think all the other uh, religions are performance-based. You have to jump through all these hoops. But Christ paid it all on the cross for us, and so he conquered sin, but he also conquered death. We invite Christ into our lives and allow him to transform us. Are you allowing God to work in your life? Are you yielding every area of of your heart to him? Or, Or are you holding on to some things? Because God wants us to walk in the fullness of life. And he wants us to walk in the full expression of what he created us to be and and to live. So Jesus paid the ransom for all of our sin, and he conquered death. His resurrection is proof of this. The Greek word for resurrection is anastasis, and it means to stand up or to rise up again. And I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and Paul's writing to the the Corinthian church about 55 years after Christ was crucified and rose again. And this is what Paul writes to the early Christians some 55 years later. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins just as the Scripture said. I love this passage because Paul is is basically giving the whole gospel right here. So it's well documented that Jesus was seen by hundreds of people after he was crucified and after he was resurrected. And uh, last week, I I shared a couple of those events with you. Uh, Verse 5 goes on to say, he was seen by Peter and then by the 12. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. I love this because Paul is saying, hey, you know, over 500 people saw him. Now, some of those people are still alive, but some have died. You know, (laughs) so he's giving us this detail here. And then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. So Jesus was seen by hundreds of people. It's documented, and uh, it's historical facts. Uh, as a side note, uh, last week I talked a little bit about even as Christians, we know and, and we believe that we've been forgiven for all of our sins. But do you ever still struggle with some things, maybe from your past? Does the does enemy still run some videotape in your, in your mind? I think he does with, with all of us. And... Uh, Paul goes on to write, though, he says, Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him, for I am least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. So even Paul, you know, if you're dealing with some of those things, even Paul was dealing with some of those things. And we know that Paul was a persecutor of the early church and and, uh, was responsible for for uh, Christians being punished and killed and things like that. And still, even though he has this relationship with Jesus, he still has to deal with some of those things. And so I think we all have some of those things in our lives, but we need to understand that God's grace and mercy and forgiveness is complete and total. And so if those things begin to come into your mind, just push them away. Remember Romans twelve two. we are transformed by what the renewing of our mind then we will learn to know God's will for us, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so God wants to remove that stuff. So if you're here today and, you're, and you've got some stuff that's trying to latch onto your back and, and, and carry you around, just, just put it aside and say, you know what, that's done and over with. I've asked forgiveness, I've received forgiveness, complete and total forgiveness, and then move on. Paul said, I forget those things that are behind me and I move on. So I I just wanted to share that because I think we all struggle with that sometimes. So don't feel like you're the only one. But listen, we need to move on because God's word is clear and he says our sins are as far as the east is from the west. So if you're struggling with anything like that, you've asked forgiveness, then move on, okay? Don't let the enemy mess with you. Um, An encounter with Jesus can radically change our heart and life. And we know that that's what happened to Paul. He had this encounter with Jesus, and now he was persecuting these Christians, and now he becomes one. So Jesus set us free from all guilt, all shame, to give us the abundant life here, right here, and now, and for eternity. So when you run across somebody at work, and they're not saved, and maybe you lead them to the Lord, or pray a prayer of salvation with them, you can clearly help them, try to help them understand That that old life is gone. And maybe some of you need to hear that today. That old life is gone. Amen? Amen? So my first point is Christ has power over death. My second point is we are called to live a life of faith. We are called to live a life of faith. It's what? Impossible to please God without faith. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 6 and 9. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. I want to read this in the New American Standard Bible. I think it's probably like this in in the New King James too. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Walking by faith, not by the things that we see but latching on to the things of God's Word and what He says, that we are His prized possession, we are His masterpiece, that we're forgiven, that we can live a victorious life, that we can live the abundant life. So we need to know Scripture so we can declare those things over ourselves, and we can speak life over one another, and we can speak life into the people that think they don't have any life. We can tell them, look, there's hope for you. There's hope for me. And, and if God does this for me, he'll do it for you too. Yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. Verse 9. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. Yes. So Jesus desires us to live a full, super abundant life here and now and for all of eternity. So my first point was Christ's power over death. We are called to live a, a life of faith. And my third point is, is, the Lord has given us a life of power and abundance, not mediocrity. Okay, do you, do you really get that? Do you understand that? I mean, he's, he's called us to live a life of power and abundance. Ephesians 1, 19 through 23. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. The incredible greatness of God's power. When we stop and think about the uh, God creating the world and, and creating everything. Great power. I also pray that you understand the incredible greatness of God's power. For who? For us who believe Him. This is a powerful verse. Uh, he goes on to write, This is the same mighty power, this power from God, is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Wow. So we have the same mighty power of Christ living in us that raised Him from the dead. There should be some, something going on in our life, man. I mean, we're, we should be walking in the power, the anointing of God. There should be lives that are changed. Our lives should be changed for one but God wants to use us, and so we need to understand that we have the same mighty power, the same dunamis, dynamite power that Christ had that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. Are, are you getting that? Yes. You are powerful in the Lord. Yes. <laughs> now, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And we know in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus, one of the last things he said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, what? Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all that I've taught you and know that I'll be with you till the ends of the age. So he has all power and all authority. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. Right? Okay. Uh, So where am I at here? I kind of got off track. So now uh, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body, it is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. And then you know the scripture, John ten, ten, come on. The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Do you think that Lazarus had a different perspective? When he came out of that grave? (laughs) Do you think maybe he understood something about the power of Christ? Resurrection in the scriptures is always linked to newness of life. And so we've been resurrected with Christ. And there should be newness of life. And I think that these people that walked with Christ when he was on this earth, I think they understood something. And we we can understand those same things by faith, right? We believe the Word of God. It takes faith to believe those things. But also, we have the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit living in us to guide us and lead us. So we really have no excuses. So Christ has the power over death. We are called to live a life of faith. And the Lord has given us a life of power and abundance, not mediocrity. So, let me ask you a couple of questions. What's different in your life today than a year ago? What's different in your life today than before you got saved? Is there a difference? Are you seeing a transformation in your heart and in your life? Are you, are you experiencing some of this power that we've been talking about? Living a, a godly life, not because you're struggling and, and striving to to be perfect or to live this godly life, but because God is working through your heart and through your life, are you praying for people and and seeing God move? And I'm not necessarily talking about raising somebody from the dead, but I'm talking about just real life stuff where we go and pray for somebody and and God begins to do something in their heart or life or or maybe uh, they come to the Lord or maybe they get over a hump or something. Because I, I had a call recently... Last week, we, we were praying specifically for a situation, and I received a call from this person. They said, man, thank you for praying. Your prayers were answered. Do you know the prayers of a righteous man or a woman availeth much? And so we're, we're praying a lot here at Life Fellowship, and we want you to join us, but pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray all the time, because your prayers matter. And and that's why we need the Holy Spirit too because Holy the Holy Spirit will bring things to our remembrance or, or 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 say hey, you know, I want you to pray for Chris right now. Pray for Emily. Pray for whatever. Pray for a situation. And that's the thing I love about the Holy Spirit is is that he will give us these creative ideas or these creative things to be praying for. I may be doing something over here not even thinking about what's going on and all of a sudden the Lord will drop on me, text somebody or call somebody or pray for somebody. We don't know what's happening in the spiritual realm, but we know that there are things that are happening. And as we pray and we seek God, that he's doing something in our hearts and lives. And he's not only doing something in us, but he's doing something in the lives of people around us. We're praying for these communities. We're praying that strongholds be broken off of people and off of uh, off communities. And uh, I don't know how many people were at the Kema Sunrise Service today. There were a bunch of people there. And so that's what we're praying for, that lives will be touched and changed, that communities will be touched and changed. And God has placed you in the position that, that you're in, at the place of life, the station that you're at right now, so that he can work in your life and so that your life will impact other lives around you. You know, we uh, we typically watch the Passion of the Christ every Friday, Good Friday, and uh, it's a really touching movie. I know most of you have seen it, but then we come to Sunday, and you know that that's really where the victory took place. I mean, Christ died on the cross for all of our sins, but He rose again, and so. Christ has called us to live a victorious life. He's called us to live the resurrected life. He, he's not still on the cross. And, and we, we shouldn't be walking and wallowing in, in, in things that, that we've already been forgiven of, right? And the other thing is, is that God has forgiven us. So how ready are we to extend forgiveness to other people? And, and Jesus said in John, he said a new commandment I give you to love one another just as I have loved you. The new commandment was not to love one another. The new commandment was to love others like I have loved you. And what has Christ done for us? So you have a great opportunity this coming week and, and the rest of your life to make a difference in other people's lives. And the, I think the greatest thing that we can do is just share the love of Christ Lord God I pray that we would have the kind of love resident in us that you have for us and that you have for others that we would be an outward expression of, of transformed lives that some of us have been broken and all messed up but you've done something in our hearts and lives and, and now you're working through our hearts and our lives to God and changed a, a lost and dying world and you want to pour your love through us to other people so God help us to have that kind of love help us to have that kind of forgiveness that you have for us that we would live the abundant life, not a life of mediocrity, but abundant life that Jesus died for and rose for and came to give us. Lord God, continue to work in our hearts and lives. And as we go through the rest of this day, Lord God, let us be reminded you're not in the grave any longer. And we're not in the grave in those old sins and caught up in all that other stuff. We've been set free. You came to set us free. And so, Lord God, let us live a life that's reflective of freedom in you and and that we would love others and people would, would see the love of Christ working through our hearts and lives as a physical demonstration as we reach out and touch people and love people with the love of Christ. Lord, I thank you that you will do exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. Fill us with your love fill us with your grace and then empower us to go out and make a difference in the world around us amen i want to thank you so much for being here this morning uh it's been a long day but you guys have done well you've hung in there and uh, god has a great opportunity for you next week a bunch of them probably and uh you know go go buy some chocolate bunnies they'll be on sale in the next couple of days don't bring me any. I I, I asked one time and, and Lewis, they brought me like fifty of those things. I was so sick of chocolate. The next year I prayed for a million bucks. Nobody gave me any money. I, I you know, I don't know what happened. I guess it was just that one year. But I want to challenge you as always, make a difference in the world around you. God has placed you in and given you great opportunities to be the light of Christ and share his love as you go out and live it. Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless you.